up, everybody? Welcome back to the Raw Prospect Podcast. My name is Emmy Nixon. Today is December the 21st, and joining me in Austin, Texas, where I'm in also where I am also uh, for the first time in a while, the Stack King himself, Michael Wing. What is up? Well, first of all, Emmy, it's great to be back. Um, our first pod in a couple of weeks. We've had a busy couple of weeks. I just finished up with my semester. Um, I guess it was last Friday, and you just finished up as recently as yesterday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully everything went well with you. Um, I know everything finished up pretty strong with me. Hopefully everyone out there finished strong, is having a good start to the holiday season. Christmas is on Saturday. Hopefully everyone is staying safe, staying healthy. Uh, I thought I'd just start with that because I know this Omicron variant, while it's not maybe as strong or as severe as some of these other variants are, it is uh, the fastest spreading variant in terms of, uh, I guess, the transmission rate or whatever you want to call it. Um, Cases are doubling every two days. I encourage you, um, if you're not already fully vaccinated, do that. Uh, If you are fully vaccinated, I encourage you to get a booster shot, but we won't get into all the politics of that yet. Uh, Just the main message is stay healthy, stay safe, and enjoy the holiday season uh, with your family, your friends, whoever you spend this time of year with. Um, As far as the podcast goes, we're going to be getting back into it. We're both off for a large amount of time now. Uh, It's the playoff push in the NFL. Today's going to be an NFL episode. We're going to talk about some of our takeaways from this past week. And we're going to jump into some of the intricacies with the NFL playoff picture. There's a possibility we'll have an NBA episode coming out later this week, uh, Friday or Saturday, most likely. And then next week, we'll be jumping into more of the college football stuff as the New Year's Six Bowls and the college football playoff all happen next weekend. So there's a lot to get into, but today we'll be solely focused on the NFL. Um, It was a wild week. Um, We had game on a Thursday. We had, you know, the traditional Sunday games. We had two Monday, two Monday games and then two games uh, tonight. We're recording on a Tuesday night. So there's a lot to get into. We're just going to share our takeaways and then we'll get into the playoff picture because that's where most of the focus should be here moving forward as we only have, what, three weeks left in the regular season. However, only one team, I believe, has clinched uh, a playoff berth at this moment in time, and that's the Green Bay Packers. Um, So we'll start with you, Emmy. Where do you want to start with this um, as far as takeaways go? Um, I guess, what games did you watch this weekend? And then we can start there uh, and go from there. Well, I watched as many as I could. Um, I didn't get all of the games in my area, so um, I, I missed out on watching the Rams-Seahawks game tonight, and I missed out on uh, a couple games in the afternoon window on Sunday, I believe. But I was able to get a good feel of most of the games. And the biggest takeaway for me was – that Colts Patriots game that was from last Thursday. That feels like a long time ago now. Wait, no, not Thursday. That was Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, Saturday. Yeah. Okay. So that was Saturday. 
excuse me. Um, yeah, that game was, it was eye-opening to me because um, it just showed how dominant that Colts offensive line is. Um, Carson Wentz didn't play that great of a game. He didn't play a good game in most people's standards. Um, but they were still able to run the football with Jonathan Taylor. And that just shows how um, even with Bill Belichick, the mastermind that he is, and the way that he's able to take away your first option offensively, they were still able to impose their will, even with that, um, on arguably the best defense in the league. So really just a statement win for the Colts. And moving forward, I think they're they're in a really good spot. Um because they have they're playing as good as any team in the league. And you know, you could say that about a lot of teams in the NFL right now. And that's what makes it fun. But I mean, if you look at just how good Jonathan Taylor is playing, I mean you can make an argument that he's the MVP right now. Um, and then the defense, um, so underrated. I I coming into the year, I didn't think their defense would be this good. This team, this defense is elite um at this point in time. So yeah, they're peaking at the right time, and it's good to see. I guess that leads me into perfectly into my first takeaway, um, an overarching takeaway. And there are arguments, right, for other teams. But as of right now, I believe that the most – and we can get more into this discussion when we talk about the wild card or the playoff picture here in a little bit. But I, I truly believe as of right now, as it stands here on Tuesday night, um, December 21st, whatever it is, that the Indianapolis Colts in the AFC and the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC, as it stands right now, as the playoff picture sits right now, are the two most dangerous wildcard teams in their respective conferences. But since you talked about the Colts, We'll talk about the Colts first, and then we can have a discussion about the 49ers later. Um, look, at this time of year, when the weather gets bad, when it's windy, when it's cold outside, when it's snowing, when it's raining, whatever it is, whatever the conditions are, you know, whatever the situation is internally with the team, um, you know, COVID issues the past couple of weeks have really ramped it up. Uh, injuries are, of course, a problem at this time of year. It's a war of attrition. The teams that have an identity are typically the teams that um, are the best, I guess, set up for success in the playoffs. And that's what the Indianapolis Colts have. They have an identity, and it hasn't changed ever since the start of the season, even when they were struggling and they started – 0-3, I believe it was, or something along those lines. You mentioned it, Jonathan Taylor, he's unbelievable. I mean, he's got to be in discussion for MVP. I don't know if you can give it to a running back. You know, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and some of these other quarterbacks, it's a quarterback-driven award. They're, you know, quarterbacks are having great seasons around the league. But this guy – has put his team on his back. And this is really the Colts team that I thought uh, was – that I thought it was going to be um, when we were doing our NFL preview. Um, All right. Carson Wentz, 
just don't be a hindrance to this team. He really hasn't been. Only 11 turnovers, 24 touchdowns. Uh, run the football. Good offensive line. They have decent weapons. They're not great, um, but good enough. And then have that defense play solid. I think uh, they're doing that. Jonathan Taylor's got to be considered for MVP. Um, in his career, they're 11-0. They've never lost when he goes for over 100 yards rushing. And their defense, much like the Cowboys in the NFC, they're playing well, but they're also playing opportunistic football and generating takeaways. They're tied for first with the Cowboys in terms of first turnovers in the NFL with 31 total so far this season. So they have a running game. The offensive line, as long as it's healthy, is doing a really good job. And the defense is creating turnovers and giving them extra chances. Um, and when you have a running game and a defense, those are the two things that travel the best in the playoffs, especially in the AFC, where you're likely going to have to go on the road to a, a cold weather, uh, a cold weather city, a cold weather place like Kansas City, uh, New England, uh, somewhere along those lines to get where you want to go, which is the Super Bowl. Um, so I, I think it bodes well for the Colts. Um, I, I think they'll keep this up. Uh, I think they'll be in the playoffs. And I think they're, they're a danger to whoever they play uh, come wild card weekend. Just one more note on Jonathan Taylor. Uh, carries first in the league with 270. Rushing yards first in the league with over 1,500. Scrimmage yards first in the league with over 1,800. Probably is going to get to 2,000. Uh, 17 rush touchdowns, first in the league by a wide margin. 5.6 yards per carry, first in the league. And he's also had three games this year where he's rushed for over 170 yards. The rest of the NFL combined has two. So I'll leave it at that. And also, um, through 14 games this season, he's rushed for more yards than Derrick Henry had at 14 games last season. Uh, so they're all the numbers you need. Um, he's the, the catalyst for this offense, and I think the Colts will be dangerous um, coming down the stretch. Right. And for Carson Wentz, I think um, at this point, you just got to kind of implement the far rule with him, which is basically you can just chalk up one, at least one turnover-worthy play every game. It's not going to kill you, but it just is what it is, and you're just going to have to live with that. Um, and you know that's okay because the Colts have the team to be able to make up with that, uh, make up for that um, with Jonathan Taylor and all those guys. So, yeah, I really like this Colts team. I want to talk about the 49ers for a minute. What are your thoughts on the 49ers? Um, because I feel like the Colts and the 49ers are similar in some respects, but what do you think uh, about right. the four um, They're six and two over the last eight games, and they've won five of their past six. And I think the schedule sets up pretty well for them to for them to get in as a wild card. What do you think? Well, I think it's going to be pretty challenging for them to move deep into the playoffs in the NFC, um, given the quarterback talent that they would have to face. Um, and, um, I just have questions about their defense. Um, their defensive line is still really, really good. It's not quite what it was in their Super Bowl year, 
Um, but I think they're still one of the top, uh, I'd say top six or seven in the NFL. Um, it's the secondary as well as um, their new defensive coordinator. I can't think of his name right now. Um, former, former defensive back in the NFL. I can't remember his name, um, but I think at certain points in the year, his inexperience is really shown as a defensive coordinator, um, and which is okay. He's learning, but um, I think when it really comes down to it, I think that secondary can be exploited as well as on the offensive side of the ball. Um, the question really comes down to, are they explosive enough? Um, like, can they get the big play? Like they, we know that they can get those 15 yard chunks, those 10 yard chunks in the intermediate passing game and with the running game and with the trick plays to Debo and all that stuff. But um, when you need that deep pass down the field to stretch the defense, um, what are they going to be able to execute is the, is the question. And those plays are very important. Even if you don't complete them per se, it's just the fact that you have the threat of them to keep the defense honest. That's what's, that's what's the important thing. And I, right now, I don't think they have that threat. That's fair. Uh, I just think they play a similar physical brand of football. Um, you mentioned their defensive lines, the strength of that defense, and it has been for a while now. Right. Um, they, they have some solid players in the secondary. They have some solid linebackers, uh, Fred Warner in particular. But, you know, there's been injuries back there for a while now, and they haven't been able to stay healthy. There's not really – I don't know if you say chemistry. I don't know if that's the word for secondary, but there hasn't been a lot of continuity. We'll say that on that defense. But you talk about, you know, the front four, they're getting a pass rush here uh, pretty consistently the past couple games. Uh, Nick Bosa is still having a very good season, 15 sacks. I feel like not a lot of people are talking about him. Right. Uh, But but he's still um, a very good player. Uh, But I just wanted to give um, Jimmy Garoppolo credit where credit is due because since week eight, uh, and we know that he was hurt and he was actually the 28th highest or the 28th um, rated quarterback by pro football focus in weeks one through seven. He was one of the worst in the NFL. Uh, but since week eight, he's actually the highest rated quarterback by pro football focus, 86.5 uh, in the entire league. And you say, OK, well, what does that really mean? I don't really, you know, believe in pro football focus or whatever. You say whatever you want. Well, I'll tell you this. He has the fourth best quarterback rating in the NFL since week eight. And he also leads the league in yards per attempt. So you can't say he's checked down Charlie either. Um, I really like their – I think he's playing well. I think he actually plays – now we'll see when it comes playoff time. But I think he plays actually better in crisis or at least he has the past couple of weeks than he does early on in the game. Uh, that Bengals game where he led those drives, uh, that was really impressive. Uh, I think they can run the ball. Uh, the running back course has been banged up all season long, but their entire team has, and they've seemed to overcome that. Uh, and I really like their receivers, Debo Samuel, uh, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, George Kittle has, of course, uh, made an impact 
these past couple weeks, he's been a large part or a, lot, a big reason uh, why they've been able to win some of these games. And I agree with you. I don't think they're necessarily a Super Bowl threat. But do I think with the experience that they do have, with the coach that they have, and with Jimmy Garoppolo playing this style of football where he's not turning the ball over and he's making the necessary throws and they're getting a pass rush, I think they could win a playoff game. I don't think that's a stretch. Um, but, look, I mean, they've been dealing with injuries all season. Uh, there was a point in time where they had lost, I think, 10 or 11 straight home games, but they've, you know, overcome all these injuries. I think you just got to give them credit. I think they're going to sneak in as a wild card team, and I think they're capable of winning one playoff game. Beyond that, who knows, because then you get, you know, you're going to have to go to Green Bay or go to Tampa Bay or face one of these more physical teams. Uh, But um, I think they're capable of winning a playoff game and maybe being a, a, a tough matchup for whoever they face. That's all I'm saying. Right, exactly. And I 100% agree with everything you said about Jimmy G. I, um, when people were talking about him being trash and he's a backup and yada, yada, yada early in the season, I was like, no, 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 let's, let's give him some time to get healthy and get himself acclimated or get himself reacclimated into the offense. Um, and clearly over these, over this past month plus, he's been very, very sharp. Um, and you got to give him a lot of credit. And honestly, um, I think seeing Jimmy Garoppolo in a different uniform could be pretty interesting, especially with a team like maybe Pittsburgh. I think That's- that worked really well, given that he's a he's very sharp in the short to intermediate passing game. They've got a lot of dynamic weapons there. Um, so I think Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely a starting caliber quarterback in the right situation. Oh, yeah, I think. Given, you know, some things go right, he has the right coach. Um, he has, you know, the necessary protection because he's not, you know, he's very limited athletically. Uh, right. But uh, he's got a quick release. He's accurate, as you said, in the short to intermediate range of the field. Uh, he doesn't throw the greatest deep ball in the world. But, I mean, you can, you can matriculate if you have a good running game, a decent offensive line and some good weapons, you can win games with Jimmy Garoppolo. And you can even get to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo if you have a really good defense. I mean, we've seen it before. And to be honest with you, in that Super Bowl, and I know we're, you know, 2020 is hindsight, but uh, he outplayed Patrick Mahomes for a large portion of that game. It was until, you know, the fourth quarter where he missed that deep ball uh, that probably would have won them the game that really, you know, has been his, I guess, his bug been, yeah, ever since then. So, um, yeah, I mean, look at, I don't have the exact record, but look at, if you get a chance, Kyle Shanahan's record with Jimmy Garoppolo and without Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, it is, it's ugly without him, and he wins about 70, 75% of his games when Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy. So, um, I don't know, man. I just think they're set up to really give someone a run for their money in the in the wild card round, given that they do get there. And I think they're set up pretty well the way that they're playing to get there. But we should move on. Um, where do you want to go next? 
Um, let's talk about um, let's talk about that AFC race a little bit. Okay. Things are really or things have really opened up for the Chiefs. Like it's basically like the Red Sea opened, um, mm-hmm. and all the other teams just came flooding out, and the Chiefs were like, "Oh, oh wow, I'll take that." And they did. They're here. They are right back in the one seat. So, what what are your thoughts on on the Chiefs right now? And what what are your what's your take on some of these AFC teams that have been struggling lately, like the Titans, the Bills, the Ravens? Um, those teams. Well, let's start with the Chiefs. Right. Remember the days of September and early October when Patrick Mahomes wasn't himself. He was turning the ball over. Their offensive line wasn't playing well. It was below average at best. Um, they didn't have a running game, and their defense was on pace to be one of the worst in NFL history allowing uh, over 29 points per game. They were last in a ton of categories. Go look it up. They allowed 30-plus points in their first five ga- – or four of their first five games. And the game they didn't, they gave up 29 to Cleveland in week one. I know this feels like an eternity ago. But, uh, yeah, those days are over. Uh, enjoy them while they – you know, people enjoyed them while they lasted, hopefully. Uh, they're back. They're once again the best team in the AFC. I don't care what anyone says. The return of Chris Jones on the interior of that defense has totally revitalized their – it's like made them a different team. Um, since week eight, the Chiefs have allowed 11 points per game, second best in the NFL, and they have the best red zone touchdown defense in the NFL. Um, allowing touchdowns on only 36.4% of opponents' drives into the red zone. And they're also the best third-down defense in the NFL. They're getting off the field. Um, they're generating turnovers at a good rate, not a great rate like some of these other teams. They're getting a pass rush. And when Chris Jones is healthy, you can't score in this team. Um, and look. I know Patrick Mahomes hasn't really been himself. This offense hasn't really actually hit its stride for a consistent stretch of games here yet this season, you know, except when, you know, they've played uh, the Raiders. But um, what I saw (laughs) on Thursday night in the fourth quarter and overtime with Patrick Mahomes gave me all the confidence I need going into the playoffs. Um, Pass for over 200 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Led three 75-yard game-tying and game-winning touchdown drives in the last 10 minutes of regulation and that overtime drive. He's only the fourth quarterback in NFL history to accomplish such feat. Uh, I believe Dak did it once. Uh, Actually, Baker Mayfield did it once against Cincinnati. And then I forget who the other guy was, but it's on ESPN Stats and Info if you want to go look it up. I think right now I trust them the most. They've been here. They look like they're going to, you know, possibly win out and get the the first round by. Everything's going to have to go through Arrowhead once again. And with this defense playing the way it is and that crowd noise and that weather, 
with Mahomes playing solid, he doesn't even have to, you know, play fantastic or be superhero. Um, I I believe they're once again the favorites uh, to win the AFC. Now, the more interesting conversation I think is who is their biggest, their biggest, who's the biggest threat to the Chiefs in terms of matchup? Because you look at it beyond, you know, Kansas City. New England, I still believe in New England. Um, defense and running game, as I said earlier, travels in the playoffs. They had both those things. They just had a stinker on Saturday against Indianapolis. Uh, and they're going to get to host the playoff game most likely, I believe. Uh, but this game coming up this week against Buffalo is absolutely humongous. Uh, but we'll talk about that at a different time. Uh, I still think probably New England and then – a couple of those teams in the wild card, the Chargers, yeah, I think definitely. I think could be dangerous. Their defense has started to play better, um, and then as I said, the Colts I think could be could be um, sort of a pain for some of these teams because they're physical. They can run the ball. Um, in terms of the some of the struggling teams, I know this is a mouthful and a lot a lot to address in one question, but I think it seems to me. The entire – whoever wins the AFC North, I'm not really sure if either of these teams is going to uh, win a playoff game. It seems to me they could lose in the first round or one of these teams could end up, you know, making your run somehow. But I just – every team in the AFC North, it seems to me, has a big flaw, something that's really going to hold them back come playoff time. Uh, in terms of Baltimore, I mean, say what you want. I mean, they could be – they're two two-point conversions away from possibly being the one seed in the AFC. So, I mean, I guess it's not that not that bleak. I mean, they were missing Lamar Jackson for um, last week's game against the Packers and still almost won the game. Uh, but uh, their secondary is, isn't good. Uh, they don't have depth. Uh, and they. I think I just, I just don't really believe in what, what they're doing right now. The Steelers – their offense is unwatchable. The Browns, it doesn't look like they're going to be consistent enough or healthy enough to even get into the playoffs um, with their remaining schedule. They got to go to Lambeau on Saturday on a short week, and then they got to go to Pittsburgh and what's going to be Big Ben's last home game at Heinz Field. Uh, good luck winning that game. And then I think they finish up with either Cincinnati or Baltimore. I think it's Cincinnati. So that's not necessarily a – a tough, uh, a easy schedule uh, for the Browns. I don't think they're going to make it. And then Cincinnati, I think they're the the most well-rounded team in the in the division as of right now, and the most healthy team. And I think they'll end up winning the division. Big matchup with Baltimore this upcoming week. But I just, I just have to see it to believe it, man. Um, first time head coach in the playoffs. First time quarterback in the playoffs. I just don't know. And yeah, if they win the division, they'll end up, you know, hosting a playoff game, and that could that could be beneficial. But I just – I think the AFC North, I think all the teams are pretty average to slightly above average. I don't think any of those teams are th- really threats to go win the Super Bowl at this particular moment in time. For me, I think it would be Kansas City, New England, and then I would have – Indianapolis, the Chargers, and I don't think you can count the Bills out just yet. Those would be my top five teams in some order 
uh, in the ASC as of right now. Yeah, and I think the Chargers conversation is an interesting one in terms of um, threats to the Chiefs because I think they do match up really well with the Chiefs. It's just going to have to be a, a – what's the phrase? Um, any given Sunday type of day. It would have That's what it would have to be um, because, I mean, I think Justin Herbert um, and that offense, they definitely have the firepower to go toe-to-toe. Um, it's just whether or not they they shoot themselves in the foot like they did in that game on uh, – shoot, I don't even know when that game was. That feels like so long ago. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, and I think it's interesting that some of these teams that we would consider big threats to the Chiefs are sitting here in the wild card because, you know, with the Colts, if they had just won – one of those games against the Titans, we're talking about an entirely different situation because uh, entirely different situation because they're they're red hot right now and the Titans are moving the other direction. So if the, if you switch those two teams out, then clear, then I think that's a more accurate depiction of like where these teams are actually at. But since it, since it is where it is, um, it makes it a lot more complicated. Um, in my opinion. Right. So we, you know, we'll, we're going to do a whole other segment on the actual playoff picture right now. We'll get into a little of that later, but let's, let's talk about the NFC a little bit. Um, but actually, before I do that, what are your thoughts? On it? Do you agree with what I said on the AFC North or do you have a different view on one of these teams in terms of being a threat to go make a run in, in the playoffs? Um, well, it's interesting because, you know, the Bengals have shown signs of getting to another level with how the defense plays at different moments, but they're, they're just too inconsistent. Um, I like what they have in terms of a pass rush. They have really solid linebacker core. It's just sometimes that secondary has lapses of just these really weird blown coverages, and it's just – it's hard to put faith in that type of play in the playoffs because every play matters. If you give up an 80 yard touchdown, that can swing an entire game um, in the, in a type of playoff situation um, or even just um, situational football. Um, you look at the 49ers game, they had two muff punts. Like that's, that's inexcusable um, right. for a, for a playoff caliber team. You can't make that kind of, mistake ever right. Um, right. so just little things like that it's just hard for me to put any type of faith in them um, but I do I do really like Joe Burrow um, it's just it's just tough um, and right. then the Ravens every time they seem to find a rhythm they just get another piece of the puzzle out with injury it feels like right like, um, a few weeks ago Latavius Murray was really running the ball at a high level, and then boom, he gets hurt. Then they have to go to Devontae Freeman. He starts getting in their brew rhythm, and then Murray comes back, and then they have to flip it around again. And it's just a really weird dynamic that they're going into right now because they're they're past the point where they're using their depth. They're going into the depth past the depth. They're going into the guys off the street depth. Like this is right. uh, 
this is really not good right now for the Ravens. And the fact that they are where they are right now is just a testament uh, to just how good that organization is. Um, just the structure that Harbaugh has built and the culture that Harbaugh has built. Um, I think that's just a key example for why culture matters in the NFL. And then, of course, the Steelers. Man, um, yeah, I – the Steelers, I'd say, are – you know, they are weird because they're – they have the lowest – they have the highest floor, I think, because of how solid their defense is. But it's like they have that Bengal syndrome at the, same, at the same time because they have those young players that make those boneheaded mistakes every once right. in a while as well. Um, like the whole Claypool situation, you know. That's, right. right. Like you look over at the Ravens, that doesn't happen, you know, and that's just – you know, it's uh, – I'm not going to speculate, but it's just – it is what it is, man. It's – um, they've got that weird – weird tendency to – I don't know. They – yeah, you, you, know, you know what I'm, I'm referring to. <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about those, you know, extracurricular things. To me, it's just amazing that they've won seven games. I mean, have you watched their offense? It's like watching paint dry. I mean, it's it's terrible. Yeah. It's absolutely terrible. I mean, and I don't even blame – you can't even blame uh, Roethlisberger. Right. Like, he, he's been one of the more consistent players on this team. The entire uh, season. He played good, all things considered. Um, so, look, they're still rebuilding their offensive line. I get it. Uh, they have a rookie at center who's still figuring things out. A fourth-round left tackle that they drafted out of Texas A&M. He's still figuring things out. They have all new pieces on this offensive line, where at least last year they had some continuity. Um, so maybe, you know. And Kevin Dotson, their best, arguably their best lineman and most consistent lineman, the guard, uh, has been out for the past couple of weeks. So that hasn't helped them. Um, but, you know, the offensive line is hit or miss, drive to drive. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. Uh, they have talented weapons. Uh, and Ben's not necessarily played, you know, bad he's actually played decent for what he is at this point in his career and their defense you know has started to look more like what it was what it has been the past couple of years which is get a pass rush let tj watt wreck the game and create a couple turnovers uh and ultimately win the game that way and that's what they did against tennessee uh say what you want about tennessee they've really shot themselves in the foot uh, the past couple of weeks, they 13 turnovers in three games are on a three game losing streak and they're going on a short week. Um, and look, running the football, losing Derrick Henry hasn't really been their Achilles heel. It's been mistakes, turnovers and just not finishing, not closing games. And they just haven't felt they just don't feel 
maybe when they get Derrick Henry back, they'll be fine and they'll they'll be a dangerous team. I just don't think I just don't see it. Yeah, um, I don't see it either. You'd but like back, to be able to turn it on, but oh, right. go ahead. Go ahead. But back to what I was saying about Pittsburgh. I mean, in the face of all of this, <laughs> the offensive line is awful. You have a 39-year-old quarterback who's about as mobile as a mounted television. You have uh, a bunch of young players who really don't know or haven't been instilled into the winning culture that has been established by the Steelers, you know, of the Steelers franchise. Um, You know, their oldest player on the offense in terms of the receiving course was Juju Smith-Schuster coming into the season. He's 23 years old. Um, so, and their defense, you know, the run defense, losing Alualu in, on the interior of the defense, not having to it basically for the entirety of the season. Their run defense hasn't been the same. It's bottom half of the league. Uh, um, Joe Hayden's been in and out. Um, and it's a really a different secondary when he's in versus when he's out. Um, and you saw that he was he was the guy who made the play to win the game against Tennessee, or a couple plays actually, to win the game against Tennessee. So I don't know. I think I do think they are going to win. I think worst case scenario is they lose out because it's not an easy schedule uh, moving forward. Um, and I'll give you your time to talk about the Cowboys since I'm taking all this time to talk about the Steelers, but. I think the worst case scenario for Pittsburgh is they lose out, don't make the playoffs, they finish. I think it would be seven, nine, and one at this point, which wouldn't be terrible, but it wouldn't be right. good. Um, and they get a top 16 draft pick, potentially pick a quarterback, yada, yada, yada. Or I think they can win two of the last three get a little bit of help and sneak into uh, one of the last wild card spots in the AFC. And, you know, if that happens, I know their offense is, is uh, not really, you know, something you want to sit down and watch on your Sunday afternoon. But look, if they're buttoned up, they played in these games before. Mike Tomlin's a Hall of Fame coach. Roethlisberger's a Hall of Fame quarterback. They have the defense that can wreak havoc on any particular game. I mean, would you really want to play them? I, it depends on the matchup, of course, but I don't yeah, know. It would depend on the matchup, but yeah, I don't know. you're right. You definitely have a point. I mean, Roethlisberger, if you really think about it, has been very solid, you know, and um, – you look at that throw he made, the prior moves at the end of that Vikings game. I mean, that was a strike. I mean, that looked like old Big Ben, like, like just that piss missile arm. That ball was moving. Um, so we've seen, yeah, yeah, he's shown some things. We'll talk about Ben uh, once the season finishes up, whether they make the playoffs or not, because I do think uh, everyone's talking about. I don't know if you saw it, but where he went, he got the QB sneak for the touchdown and he went down the tunnel, sat down, and I guess – I don't know if he was praying or whatever, but I think 
people are looking way too far into that. I think he knows this is his last this is his last ride. He hasn't come out and said it publicly. There have been rumors within the organization that it is. They're already, you know, doing their due diligence on guys like Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral, I believe, uh, in terms of this upcoming. Between the lines too much. I think it's – he knows this is his last – Just, I don't know, reminiscing in the moment. But we'll talk about that more later. Let's shift our focus to the NFC. So I'll give you the floor to give some of your thoughts on the NFC, and then I'll chime in, and then we'll move on to the playoff picture. Well, right now, um, right now I'm pretty happy. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I look at my Cowboys right now. I mean, we're sitting in two seed. Um, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better scenario if you're the Cowboys right now, um, because obviously you don't get the head-to-head matchup against the Packers you don't get to play them but um, being in the two seed if we can just hang on to that spot I think that would be really big for us but um, you you asked me about the NFC in general sorry I went straight to my Cowboys but yeah um, the whole NFC the Packers in the one seed Cowboys in the two seed Buccaneers three Cardinals four Um, to be honest I think there's a very real scenario where the Cardinals aren't in that four spot by the end of this. I think the Rams might end up winning that division with the way the Cardinals are playing right now. And that's not, I mean, I, I still think the Cardinals are a good team. They're a really good team. And you don't start the way they started the season without being a good team. I just think some of their, with, with the injuries that they've had, some of their weaknesses are showing up a little bit more now that those injuries have started to happen. Um, and, you know, I think these last few games, Cliff Kingsbury has gotten out coached, mm-hmm. they've gotten out physical, and that's not a good combination going into the playoffs. So over these next few games, they've got to kind of They've got to right the ship and get back into the groove, or this could get pretty ugly. Um, then looking at, I mean, we already talked about the Niners. Um, I think this this um, group of teams in the hunt is pretty interesting, actually. Uh, Minnesota, Philly, New Orleans, and then uh, Washington kind of all the way back at six and eight, kind of um, – kind of out of it at this point unless they win out. Um, but right. um, I still think that race for that seven spot is going to be really intriguing because I think those three teams, um, I think those three teams are pretty even. Uh, so it's just all going to depend on who's able to win the close games to close the season. Right. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned the Packers, and I mentioned them in a monologue a couple weeks ago. I still believe that they are the best team in the NFL um, when they're healthy, and they're getting Jair Alexander back here for the stretch run. So that will only help. Um, I think 
They can play physical. They can win multiple ways. Aaron Rodgers has been the most consistent quarterback, I think, in the conference, even dealing with that painful toe injury that he's has been uh, dealing with the past uh, couple of weeks or the past month or so. They can run the football. They can throw it. They're tight ends. They're contributing in multiple different ways. I think they're multiple offensively, and that's important. Uh, they can attack you in so many ways. We know what Aaron Rodgers is. They're likely going to have home field advantage. I mean, I, I think I would give them the edge at this point, but who knows? Uh, Dallas is still in the hunt. Tampa Bay is still in the hunt for that. But, you know, you obviously love for the NFC Championship to have to go through Lambeau, um, or at least I think Packers fans would. Um, and their defense, the way that it's played, overcoming so many injuries, I think they have to be the favorite. Uh, in the NFC at this point. And then we get into this middle-ish group of teams right below the Packers that have their, that all have their redeeming qualities. I mean, we still know, despite some of the struggles, um, that Dallas is going to be dangerous, explosive offensively. I think they'll figure it out here coming down the stretch. Um, they just got to get healthy. Uh, and when they run the football well, we know what Dak's record is when he gets a good running game. It's He's pretty damn good. And that defense, Micah Parsons in the defensive player of the year conversation, he does a little bit of everything. Uh, he's been a difference maker to Marcus Lawrence, and that defensive line has been fantastic. Has single-handedly won them some of those games the past couple of weeks, in my opinion. Um, and obviously their secondary is still opportunistic. Uh, so I think – you know, the question with Dallas is obviously, I guess, I don't know. Do you trust their, do you trust them to win the playoffs? I guess. Uh, and then with Mike McCarthy, although he's been there, done that already in his career. Uh, Tampa Bay, I mean, I think they're good, uh, but I still don't really like what they have going on in that secondary. I think it's very vulnerable. Uh, I think their defense is very dependent on generating a really good pass rush. And look, I mean, Tom Brady's had a great year. He should be in the MVP conversation still. But there have been some games where it just doesn't look very good at all. Uh, Tristan Wurst, uh, who's been a great draft pick for them and has really cemented their offensive line. Uh, he got worked on Sunday night. Uh, uh, Cam Jordan really, you know, and that defensive front of the Saints really exposed him. Uh, so I don't know. They're dealing with a lot of injuries right now on that side of the ball. They just brought in Le'Veon Bell, who's been bo practicing boxing the past couple weeks, ever since he's been cut for the Ravens. They're bringing back Antonio Brown after the suspension. Mike Evans is hurt. Chris Godwin's out for the season. Leonard Fournette is hurt. I just don't know what to think of the Buccaneers right now. Uh, and then the Rams, who had kind of this midseason lull, they kind of went away from what they do well, which is run the ball and then play action off the running game. Uh, they've looked a lot, lot better the past couple of weeks. They're, they're, they're heating up at the right time with the, with the, with the strong-arm quarterback in Matthew Stafford uh, and a great coach in Sean McVay. So – I think it's the Packers and then pick whoever you want out of these next group of teams to challenge the Packers.
Um, and then you mentioned the wild card race. There's obviously some interesting teams in there. I mean, Minnesota, they're in it at seven and seven. The Saints are in it in seven and seven. And I actually believe that if the Saints had Michael Thomas, and I know this is is and hypotheticals, and it really doesn't matter at this point, but if they had, you know, another receiver and maybe, you know, Jameis Winston was still playing, I think they would be they would be a really dangerous team with the way their defense is able to play. Uh, but I just don't see Taysom Hill. I mean, you're not winning a lot of other games scoring nine points. Uh, that was actually the lowest scoring game in the league, I think, in the past four years, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, something along those lines. Uh, and then I just, you know, Philly, they've overachieved. I'll give them that. Uh, I think Nick Sirianni has done a pretty good job here in his first year. Jalen Hurts, uh, he's actually done a good job with Jalen Hurts. If you look at what Jalen Hurts has done, uh, uh, he's basically been the same player as uh, Carson Wentz uh, in terms of their statistical output. If you look at their statistics, they're very, very, very similar. Uh, 24 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, throwing for over 3,000 yards. Uh, could probably get to 4,000 if he has a couple of big games here down the stretch. And we know that they're they're good in the trenches and they can play physical and run the ball. So, I mean, if they get in, I don't know. But I just don't see any of these teams, even though – unless Minnesota gets their crap together and, you know, because we know that if they get Thielen back, they're, they're explosive offensively. But do you trust Kirk Cousins? Do you trust Mike Zimmer? Uh, I sure don't. Uh, so I think it's really the top four teams. Those that's the cream of the crop, cream of the crop, excuse me. And then the 49ers, I think, are, are a possible dark horse, if you will. Um, but that's just my overall, I guess, outside view looking in uh, on the NFC. I do want to talk about something else, though. Uh, I want to talk about the Bears because. I was watching last night the Vikings and the and the Bears. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think I realized how bad the Chicago I actually I came away from last night's game feeling really 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 bad for the Chicago Bears fan base because I didn't realize how bad the Bears actually are. Um, they've been on prime time four games this year. They're 0 and 4. Um, last night against the Vikings, they had four drives into the red zone, six drives into Minnesota territory, meaning crossing the 50 yard line. They scored no touchdowns until the very last play of the game, which I don't think was even a touchdown, but they called it a touchdown anyway because I think the referees felt bad <laughs> for the Bears. Uh, they had three turnovers. Very undisciplined, uh, multiple, not very avoidable penalties. Uh, their offensive line is trash. Uh, I do think Justin Fields is the right guy if you build an actual team around him. But Allen Robinson can't stay healthy. Their best receiver is Darnell Mooney, who give him credit. He's finding ways to get open, and he's been their best weapon offensively. David Montgomery has been – in and out of the lineup. 
Uh, and they're just undisciplined, bad offensive line, bad mistakes, can't score when they get into the red zone. And it's sad because their defense still has redeeming qualities about it. It's not as what it once was, you know, a couple of years ago, one of the best defenses in the league. But you look at a guy like Robert Quinn, who I believe is top five in terms of sacks, having a really good season at his age. Uh, I really like their linebackers and Ogletree and uh, the other guy. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. Um, and then, you know, that younger guy in the secondary last night played a pretty good game. But I just think – I don't know if they've told them internally or what, but I think I would have already moved on from Matt Nagy and especially Ryan Pace. Because they just need to change. They need a shake up. They need a shake up bad. Um, the fact that they haven't addressed this offensive line is, is you know, uh, pretty dumbfounding uh, to me. Uh, and look, you. I always say, when you're a head coach, whether you're defensive head coach like Belichick, like Tomlin, like Pete Carroll. Uh, Brian Flores, or you're an offensive head coach like Andy Reid, Matt Nagy, uh, Sean McVay. The side of the ball, the side of the ball that you specialize in cannot be the Achilles heel of your team. And that's what it is in Chicago. Um, Matt Nagy, you're an offensive guy. You're supposed to be this brilliant prey caller but your offense stinks. Uh, You're scoring less points per game than the 1937 Bears. And in that time, uh, I don't think they knew how to throw the football. So I don't know what to say. The last thing I'll say is in the NFC North since 2010, 10 seasons since then, the Packers, of course, own it, right? They're by far and away the best record. And you have the Vikings that's slightly above 500, 94 and 93. Uh, and then you have the Bears at 88 and 101. Uh, and the Lions at 78 and 109. And make fun of the Lions all you want. But if you're a Bears fan, that basically says, you do the math, that you're worth one more win per season the past decade and possibly the most incompetent franchise in the entire NFL, the Detroit Lions. So, and over the past 10 years, to add to the, to, you know, add salt to the wound, uh, the Bears have had the same amount of winning seasons as the Detroit Lions. That's four. Um, so, everyone hated Mitch Trubisky, but he took you to the playoffs twice. I mean, what are you going to say? Um, so, yeah. yeah, exactly. And um, I'm glad you brought this up because it was – I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in professional football. <laughs> um, like it, it felt like a high school game offensively. Yeah. Like it, they were moving the ball up and down the field, and then they get in the red zone, and they'd just be like negative play on first down, penalty, penalty, fumble. Like it, it was just – it was like it was scripted. I was. It was just unbelievable. And you know what's funny about it is, 
at the end of the game, when they started throwing the ball down the field with Justin Fields running that play action game, Justin Fields was dropping dimes. Right. And that's when they had that touchdown drive. Right. I mean, clearly, I'll say this. I think clearly this Matt Nagy offense just doesn't fit what Justin Fields does. And it says a lot about Matt Nagy as a coach, the fact that he hasn't adjusted at all. Right. Um, I mean, like you're seriously not going to run any play action for Justin Fields. Is that really, is that really your plan? Um, I mean, this is a big play quarterback. He's a guy who loves to throw the ball down the field. He was his, his one of his best strengths at Ohio state was the deep ball. And right. I don't think they threw the deep ball one time that entire game. Right. So yeah, they're, yeah. they're a tire fire. Um, I don't really know what else to say other than I think it's time for a change, both in the front office and possibly at head coach. I think it's going to happen. We've already seen a couple head coaching vacancies here open up. I mean, the Raiders are going to have one. Uh, the Jaguars are going to have one once again. And there's probably going to be, you know, some others. Uh, we can have a conversation about that another time, but I just – they need a shakeup, a big-time shakeup. The only way things are going to change – I mean, the definition of insanity is <laughs> uh, doing the same thing over and over again and hoping for different – hoping for a different outcome, hoping for different results. And this is this isn't going to work. Uh, and to be honest with you, the fans of Chicago deserve better. They do. Say what you want about the Bears, hate them or love them. They deserve a lot better than what they're getting. Um, yeah, Chicago's and- a it's a great sports town, a lot of history. Um, you know, the Bulls, we know. Uh, the Cubs winning the World Series all those years back. The White Sox are now good. Uh, and the Bears, of course, have had their moments. But this – this isn't going to cut it, but go ahead with what you were going to. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the throw everything on top of that, they're lucky to just have the offensive line. They have is, is the crazy part. I mean, when they called up Jason Peters, that dude was on a, on a boat at his lake house or something like chilling in retirement. And they're like, yo, Jason, you want to play one more year? And he was like, uh, okay. I mean, just complete luck. I mean, wow. Just wow. Uh, It's a mess. Yeah. Just just move on. We're going to save that for when the season's over, those conversations. And we'll move on uh, to talking about the playoff picture. I think we've addressed what we want to address as far as takeaways and uh, overall – some of these talking about some of these teams, uh, but let's talk about the playoff picture as of right now. Uh, so do you have it pulled up? Can you tell us what the playoff picture, how it stands right now? Yeah, I have it right here. Um, so in the, in the AFC, the Chiefs would get the bye as it would stand right now. And the Patriots would play the Bills in New England. 
the Titans would play the Chargers um, in Tennessee. The Cincinnati Bengals would play the Colts in Cincinnati. So some interesting matchups there. Right. And then in the hunt, you have Baltimore at 8-6. and six. They play Cincinnati this week in a huge game. You have Pittsburgh right behind them, half game behind them, uh, seven, six, and one. And then you have this group of seven and seven teams, the Raiders, the Dolphins, <laughs> who say what you want, but they're after starting one and seven, they're seven and seven all of a sudden. And then the Browns and the Broncos are also both seven and seven. But as I said about the Browns, injuries – it just doesn't look like it's all going to come together for them this year. And then the Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater's now hurt. And when Drew Locke, when Drew Locke came into the game, I watched the drives that he played and I was just, I was baffled by how bad he was. Uh, but say no less. Um, and then you have obviously the Texans the Texans, Jets, and Jaguars, who are all eliminated at this point. Um, so, uh, but yeah, you mentioned it. Interesting matchups um, in this wild card weekend, if you will. The Patriots hosting the Bills, which is, uh, which is I believe, the exact matchup that happens this coming weekend. Um, so a rematch of the, you know, two weeks ago on Monday Night Football where uh, the Patriots won that game only throwing the football three times in that monsoon or whatever it was. Uh, and then you look at some of these other matchups. I mean, that Patriots-Bills game to me is sort of a coin flip. Uh, I think what the Bills is, they're supposed to be, like, you would think they would build their team to be, like, cold weather, like a cold weather team. But it seems to me they've built their team the complete opposite because they have no running game unless it's Josh Allen. And it seems to me they're built to beat you over the top with explosive plays, explosive passing plays. And you're not going to be able to do that against a lot of these defenses in the AFC, especially in the weather conditions that some of these stadiums and some of these cities are going to present come playoff time. So I know they can generate a pass rush. I know their defense has improved. I know Josh Allen is still a really good quarterback. But it seems to me they're just built – they're not built necessarily how you think they would be for a team that plays in the weather that they have to play. It seems kind of counterintuitive to me. While the Colts are built like I think the Bills should be built with a more, you know, dynamic, better quarterback with the running game and the defense, which the Bills do have. Uh, But the the Bills, until they get some semblance of a running game – Aside from Josh Allen, I just don't think they're going to be balanced enough to make a run uh, in the playoffs unless Josh Allen is just absolutely superhuman. So I think I would favor Belichick and the Patriots in that matchup if it is, in fact, in Foxborough, given that they do have the running game and they do have, I I still believe, the better defense and the better coach. Um, and then the other two matchups, I'll give my quick take on them. Uh, Titans and Bengals, that's a really interesting one. Um, 
or no, it's Titans and uh, Chargers. My bad. Right. Right. Uh, right now, I'd favor the Chargers. I think they're playing better. Titans are mistake prone. Chargers have the better quarterback. I think they have the better weapons. Titans are real banged up offensively. Until I see Derrick Henry come back and be the same player that he was before injury, I cannot say that the Titans at this time are a better team than the Chargers. I think the Chargers would win that matchup uh, if it were played right now, today. And then Bengals and Colts, like I said, I have to see it for the Bengals. I favor the Colts in that matchup. But, you know, if the Bengals can run the football like they have in some of these games and they can dominate up front, that game would be decided in the trenches. Um, and they can play a consistent brand of defense, then who knows? That could be interesting. But I think I would favor the road team in two of those three, two of those three matchups. What do you think? Yeah, I – I agree with you. Um, it does seem a little bit, I don't know. I, no, I wouldn't say obvious, but I think the cream of the crop has really started to show itself in the AFC. As much as we've talked about how a lot of the, um, as much as we've talked about how there's not like a amazing team in the AFC, I think the best teams have really shown themselves over these past few weeks. Um, and I think in those matchups, um, they're really one-sided in a lot of cases, um, especially in that um, Chargers-Titans matchup. I think the Chargers match up really well. Um, I think if Derrick Henry is back and healthy, then, well, it's game on then because the Chargers – We've seen them struggle against the run, right. but I, I have to give them the edge as of right now with how Justin Herbert is playing. Right. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't see there being a, a huge upset. Um, I think maybe you could give, I think I'd give the Bengals a shot um, if Joe Burrow plays lights out. Um, right. But I still do think Frank Reich is the better coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Colts have the more well-rounded team. Right. So it would really have to come down to does Carson Wentz make the big boneheaded play in the wrong moment? Um, right. Because that's, that's to me, um, right. is what it might come down to in that mm-hmm. type of game. Yeah, and then I guess we might get a preview of, the, of this wildcard matchup between the Patriots and the Bills. Uh, but obviously, this – this is fluid, and it could change. We, you know, who knows? We could see the Ravens or the Steelers or one of these other teams in there. Uh, as crazy as the AFC has been, it wouldn't surprise me. Right. But as I said earlier, I believe it's the Chiefs. Threats to the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Colts, the Chargers, and then maybe the Bills. I'm not counting the Bills out yet. Um, and then I have to, I have to see a drastic change in, you know, the Ravens, the Steelers, or one of these other teams to believe in one of those teams, uh, down the final stretch of the season. But, uh, in the NFC, 
Um, the Packers have already clinched the North. They're right now the one seed. You mentioned your Cowboys at 10 and four, the two seed. Um, I believe they can clinch the NFC East with the win this upcoming week. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the Buccaneers 10 and four, the three seed, uh, the Cardinals 10 and four, the four seed. That's an interesting conversation to have the Rams 10 and four, the five seed, the 49ers who we've already discussed the six seed. And then as of right now, it would be the Vikings seven and seven, uh, in that last spot. And then in the hunt, Philadelphia, New Orleans are both seven and seven. And I think at this point, barring a major run by one of these teams, Washington, Atlanta, Carolina, and Seattle, while they're not mathematically eliminated, they're all but out of it at this point. Um, So what do you think? I mean, you have Cowboys, Vikings. You would have Buccaneers uh, against – the Niners and then you'd have Cardinals Rams. Yeah. I think all three of those matchups are really, really good. Um, <laughs> let's look at this Cowboys Vikings matchup for a second. Cause I think, I think I would give the Vikings a good shot in that game. Um, you know, it's really, um, it's really not hard to know what you'll get from the Vikings week to week, but we do know that they can beat anybody and that they're really, um, really prone to getting themselves into close games, no matter what. So knowing that in a playoff scenario, a lot can happen. Just, just knowing that you'll have a chance at the end of the game, I think to me is worth something, right? Whether it'll get it done when the time comes, that's, anyone's guess but i think i would give them a, a shot um in that game just given how this dallas offense has struggled a little bit um i think it could go the cowboys way a little bit more strongly if their defense really really pins their ears back and rushes kirk cousins well um, right. which is definitely possible but um i think that would be a pretty close matchup um in a one game scenario so um, and then the next game, Buccaneers and 49ers. Um, that's just – that's interesting to me just because of the storylines. I mean, Tom versus Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, that's – I mean, I think that's what a lot of people thought we would get in the Super Bowl um, in 2020 when, uh, when the Patriots lost early. Um, but yeah, I mean, just can, can the Buccaneers get their secondary healthy enough? Um, and how good is this 49ers intermediate passing game? Um, when it comes playoff time, like, is it will it be sharp enough to get it done when the lights are on the brightest? <laughs> Um, which I, I think they will be able to move the ball against this Bucks team. I feel pretty good about that. Um, I think running the ball will be a little bit tougher, um, especially if Vita Vea is healthy um, and with the linebacks that the Bucks have. But I think Jimmy Garoppolo will be able to get his yards 
in that type of scenario, uh, in that matchup. I don't know why I keep saying scenario. <laughs> but the, next the, game. Uh, <laughs> keep going. Yeah, Rams and Cardinals um, in Arizona. Man, that's just that's just a coin flip. I mean, two teams that split the regular season. I mean, that's anyone's best guess. I mean, I I think the Cardinals, if I'm going, if I were to project where they would be at going into wild card weekend, I think they would probably be on more of the downturn. I think there probably is a scenario where, where this game is played in SoFi Stadium. Um, I agree. So, so in that scenario, I think I think I would give the edge to the more experienced coach, the more experienced team in the Rams. Um, right. Given the fact that they will have a few more weeks to gel in that in that front seven with Von Miller and Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd and all those guys, I don't see. I don't really see how that front seven won't be able to affect the backfield. I mean, no matter how well that Arizona offensive line plays, I think there comes a point in time where Kyler Murray's height matters. I think he'll be able to make the plays, but um, I just think if they are able to condense the pocket like they were able to in that last matchup, then it's going to be really tough on the Cardinals. It's just funny to me because it seems like in the NFC, you have a lot of dome teams, a lot of warmer weather teams, the Cowboys, um, the Cardinals, the Rams. That game will be played in a dome no matter what. Uh, The Vikings um, are a dome team. The Niners are a warmer weather team. Whereas in the AFC, (laughs) you have the Patriots, cold weather, the Chiefs, cold weather. the Bengals, it can get cold in Cincinnati. Uh, the Bills. To an extent. Yeah, I mean, so I just find it funny how that works out. But in terms of the matchups here, um, look, I think you're right. The Vikings, given that they've actually been in the playoffs before, given that they would have Adam Thielen in their entire offensive weapon arsenal at their disposal um you know with a chance to win that game you know they would have a chance but i think dallas would be find a way uh at home uh to win that game given i think they would find a way to pressure Kirk cousins force him into a couple mistakes and ultimately uh produce enough points to slide by but it's wild card weekend. It's not going to be easy, no matter who you play, uh, if you if you're not buttoned up and ready to go. Uh, so, uh, I would favor the Cowboys, but the thing with the Vikings is their offense, when it gets going, it it, it can be a um, a headache for defensive coordinators, um, and then. Buccaneers and 49ers, man, that would be good. Um, that Brady against Garoppolo storyline would be absolutely fantastic. And then just uh, the physical styles of play that you would have 
in the trenches. Uh, that Niners defensive line trying to pressure Brady, and then that Buccaneers um, defensive line and front seven trying to pressure Garoppolo. It would be fun to watch. I think the 49ers could definitely make a game out of it, but I, I would favor the Buccaneers. And then you talk about the Cardinals-Rams. I think it would be flip-flopped the way that it's going. I think it would be in SoFi Stadium. And if you look at the Rams, once they get to the playoffs and they seem to be heating up here, they're going to be looking to not only play that game at SoFi Stadium, but they're going to be looking to get back there uh, come February 8th or whatever it is because the Super Bowl is at SoFi Stadium. And they want to be where the Buccaneers were this past February, playing the Super Bowl in their own own stadium. So I think that adds a little extra motivation, even if they don't say it. Uh, and I think they're the better coach, more talented football team. So I, I would favor them there, favor them there as long as they stay true to their identity and Matthew Stafford doesn't make any of the mistakes that he seemed to make uh, in like that middle portion of the season that cost them a couple winnable games, in my opinion. Uh, but, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, a lot of this is fluid. Um, obviously, you know, I mentioned it earlier, the Saints, I, I still believe the way Jameis Winston was playing when he was healthy, if they had him, they would be a threat. I, I truly believe that. Um, and then the Eagles, as I said, I gave them their their flowers earlier. Uh, I didn't I didn't think they were going to win five games. They've won seven games. They could win another one or two. Who knows? They could finish with eight or nine wins. I never thought that was a possibility. Um, so give them credit where credit is due. Um, Washington, obviously, after making the playoffs last year, it's fallen off a little bit, but they've had to deal with so much. Uh, they might win another game or two down the stretch, but I think they're ultimately going to miss miss out on the playoff party. And then it's kind of a mess in Carolina right now. Um, I think they're having similar issues to Chicago um, in terms of like the quarterback situation, the offensive line play. They're starting to – questions are starting to arise in Carolina after that hot start. The Falcons are the Falcons. The Giants suck. The Bears suck and the Lions. Give them credit. They've won a couple games. They 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 really deserve it. I think Dan Campbell's actually done a pretty good job for what it's been in his first right. season as head coach. Uh, but they're still they're still in a tough spot. Uh, and don't call me a Lions hater. I've been betting on the Lions all season. Uh, right, exactly. So you've hit most of them. So. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun next three weeks, and then you know once we get to Wild Card Weekend, that's obviously one of my favorite podcasts every year. Um, previewing Wild Card Weekend, I think it's one of our, my favorite episodes that we do every yeah, year. I agree. Um, so, and then obviously we'll go round by round after that. But that was just kind of our overview before we sign off. I do want to give our viewers a little sneak peek into what's coming uh, in week 16. Um, so let me pull up the schedule and we can look at um, 
some of these marquee games that are coming up this next week. Uh, so Thursday we get 49ers Titans. That'll be an interesting game. Then we have two games on Christmas. Merry Christmas if you love football. Uh, Browns at Packers, and then Colts at Cardinals is the nightcap. Uh, those are your two Christmas games. And then in, on Sunday, we get Rams Vikings. We get Bills Patriots. We get Ravens Bengals. Uh, any other interesting ones here? Steelers Chiefs, Washington and Dallas. And then the Monday night is uh, Dolphins and Saints. Two really interesting seven and seven football teams. Wow. And at that point, they would already know all of the other results. Um, right. That no games are postponed. But so yeah. that will, that'll be a big game. Exactly. Uh, and before we sign off, maybe I'll give, see if I can find the NFL Week 16 scenarios for teams that can clinch in Week 16. Yeah, I believe the Cowboys can clinch with a with a win or a Eagles loss. Let's see here. Well, maybe we'll just. Um, I believe we're going to record an episode on Thursday. So maybe when we make our picks, we'll just run through the scenarios at that time. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. not going to be sure. able to find them quick enough. And then we'll probably some NBA. Uh, but for all of you out there, um, thanks again for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, make sure to hit the like and subscribe button. Um, Amy, do you have any closing remarks? And then I'll sign us off. Um, well, I just want to address the whole face cam situation. Um, yeah, it, I had a little bit of a camera issue and a mic issue. Uh, so you will be seeing my beautiful face momentarily. Don't worry, fans. You will uh, you will be seeing me soon. I just got to figure out my setup uh, for this new house. So, yeah, just this is just temporary. No big deal there. Yeah, so um, we'll be back soon, uh, getting back into the groove of things. It's a crazy time in sports. Uh, as I said at the beginning, stay healthy, stay safe, uh, enjoy the holidays with your family, your friends, whoever you may spend the holidays with, and uh, we'll see you soon. And just like the uh, uh, the Chicago Bears. <laughs> Just like uh, the Chicago Bears hopes at a playoff berth and uh, general manager Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy at the end of the season, we are going, going, gone. Peace out.